Hey, everybody. You're listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today, we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. isn't a message today. This really isn't a sermon today, uh, but this is the direction for the next year, which is 2024. And some of you have been wondering, why haven't we had a Vision Sunday? Well, today is the day. Today is Vision Sunday. We didn't announce it. I just wanted to see who would show up just because it's a Sunday. So you passed the test if you're here today. You passed the test. But uh, every year we gather as a church We gather around a word that God gives us for this house, which is supposed to be also reflected in your house. And God gives us something to stand on. He gives us something that we can look forward to. And he's also prophesying over this house for this year. And so as I was praying and as I was looking over this season and as I was wrestling with this, uh, I began to recognize, okay, it's time. I got, like, God, when is the right time? When is it supposed to be Vision Sunday? We got a lot going on. We got a lot of shifting. We got a lot of changes. Usually we do it in November. Sometimes we do it Super Bowl Sunday. Sometimes we just throw it in on a Sunday like today. And so I'm glad that you are here today. But when we talk about vision, we must not confuse vision with sight. We must not confuse vision with sight. Sight is what you see with your eyes open. But vision is what you see with your eyes closed. Do you understand that? We can see what's in front of us. We can see the circumstances that we're walking through. We can see the situations that we're in. But God gives us vision. He gives us plans for the future that don't line up necessarily with our bank account. They maybe don't line up with our location. They maybe don't line up with what we planned next. So sight is what you can see with your eyes open, but vision is what you see with your eyes closed. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. It doesn't say where there is no money. It doesn't say where there is no influence. God can do nothing without vision. And so where there is no vision, and that's why we stand on a word or a phrase or words every year since uh, Pastor Rachel and I stepped in uh, back in 2020, that God has given us a word or a phrase or something every year to stand on. Now, all those years, those words seemed encouraging, and then the the, the year happened, and we're like, oh, man, was God ever right? (laughs) And so... God can do nothing without vision. The vision in this verse that we just read, Proverbs 29, the vision in this verse refers to a divine communication. A dream could be from a dream. It could be from a revelation. It could be from a prophecy. That's why for many of us, life happens to us. You don't happen to life. Life happens to us if we don't have a vision. Life happens to us if we don't have a plan. But when you have a plan, when you have a vision, then you can happen to life. You know where you're going. You know the direction that he has for you. Is this the thing that I'm supposed to do this year? 
Am I supposed to open this business this year? It's been on my heart for 20 years. If it's been on your heart for 20 years, maybe you should open the business. It could be another 20 years before you get the courage to do it. Am I supposed to open the business this year? Is this the place that I'm supposed to be in? It says, the people perish where there is no vision. The word translated perish means to cast off restraint. In the original, it means to loosen or to expose and to uncover. Other Proverbs use the same word to denote ignoring or, uh, uh, ignoring or neglecting instruction. With this, we understand that the word of God, the people are loose without vision. They are loose and they will go their own way. They will go in whatever direction they feel like. They will go wherever they feel like they're called to. They will go wherever they feel like if there's no vision, they will live without restraint. My translation of this is people stop caring when there is no vision. People stop caring when there is no vision. Helen Keller, who was born both blind and deaf, and she was an American author. She was uh, a disability rights advocate. She was also a political activist. She said the only thing worse than being blind is having sight and no vision. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. So that brings us to 2019 as Pastor Rach and I were stepping into this church and stepping into leadership here. And uh, it was the Sunday before Transition Sunday and God had placed a word on my heart for 2020, what we were about to step into. Uh, it was June, June of 2019 that we stepped in here and he gave me a word that Sunday before uh, that was for the next year. And I'm like, God, I don't even know why you're try trying to show me this. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to make it to next week. You're asking me to step in here. You're asking me to become the pastor here at this church. And he put a word on my heart for 2020, and that word was lift. Does anybody remember back in 2020? We said, 20, 2020 is going to be a year of lifting. It might not be easy. In some senses, it'll be heavy. In some sense, it's not an encouraging word, is it, to lift? Like, it's, it could be hard. It could be difficult. Little did we know that within a few short months that we would walk into a global pandemic. But that we were to lift. We were to lift others. We were to lift our city. We were to lift our voice. Come on, there was a lot of voices going on in 2020. This is what you should believe. This is what you should stand for. This is how you should act. This is who you should be for. We needed to lift our voice, and in those moments in prayer, we even needed to lift our world. And so as we look back into 2020, we recognize it sounded exciting at first. Maybe it sounded challenging at first, but as 2020 played out, we really did have to lift. We had to lift each other in this congregation. We had to lift our voice. We had to lift our city. I believe it was, and I, I always get the numbers wrong, I believe it was it, around that time we, we handed out over 25,000 meals into our community through City Care because all of the organizations shut down. And that number could be completely wrong. I have no idea. I know it's in the 25,000 plus range. But then 2021 came and God gave us a new word and that word was release. That he would release something new, that he would release everything that we need, that he would release new people. 
that he would release a new anointing, that he would release, there would be a release of people, there would be life change, there would be a whole new group of people that would come, that he would release people in bondage, that he would release property and finances and resources. And we said this. And what was so interesting was just a few months after we announced this, we got a phone call from the senior pastor who was a family member of mine in Kitchener who said, would you guys consider taking on our church? It, it's, a, it's a family, a whole new family. It's got a building. We've got a little bit of money. And so God released everything in the first three months of that year. I couldn't tell you guys until later that year. I had to hold on to it for six, seven, eight months, but knowing that God did everything that he said he was going to do for this house in the first three months, we inherited our Kitchener location, formerly known as New Song Church. And then 2022 came, and we got the word stronger. Everybody say stronger. That we would be stronger, stronger in our devotion, that we would be stronger in our relationships, that we would be a stronger church. And God did some amazing things in that year, even though there was a lot of challenges. And then he brought us into last year, 2023. And he didn't just give us one word, but he gave us two words that we would go farther if we were able to go deeper, or if we would go deeper, that he would take us farther. Farther means at or a great distance or a more advanced point. And I believe that God is going to take us much farther that year, 2023. He did in some senses. We can look back and say, well, it didn't pan out the way Pastor Matt said. In most cases, it did. How many know when God gives you a word, he doesn't give you the full picture sometimes. And so a lot of us, he took deeper into past pains, into past things that we recognized over the past years and the history of this church that some weren't so great. And he took us deeper into excavating those things out of us. And in some cases, he took people farther away. And that's okay. And as I begin to pray about this, and as I begin to look back over this past year of 2023 and you know, as God gave me that vision back in the early summer of 2022 of what 2023 would look like, he gave me the picture of the ocean. Little did I know what that would represent. Little did I know what that would mean. But he gave me the picture of the ocean, and I began to ask, God, what does it mean? Well, what is this ocean supposed to mean? And all I could translate in that moment was that the farther out you go, the deeper the ocean gets. deeper. And so we looked at that and we really said, okay, God, I, we believe that you're going to take us deeper supernaturally. You're going to take us deeper spiritually, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. This is a church that is led by the Holy Spirit. Yes, there is wise counsel. Yes, we have board. Yes, we have all these things, but this is a church ultimately that is led by the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Rach and I said right from the very beginning, if we are to step into either of these locations, it'll be done by the leading of the Holy Spirit. The moment that we try to do things on our own, we are done. We will hand it over. 
And so God took us deeper. I think about my brother Phil, and I think it was Lino that was talking to him, and he was like, I think you reminded him, Lino, maybe even at the hospital, of how intimate his relationship has become. He's gone through some challenging things. He's gone through some challenging diagnoses. But sitting with Phil in the hospital just a few weeks ago, I remember him saying, God is taking me so much deeper in my love for him. He has taken me so much farther in my love for him. And little did I realize everything that I was going to walk through in 2023, everything that I would be faced with in 2023. But God has taken me deeper. He has taken me farther into another level of relationship and intimacy with him. That we would go deeper in our faith, that we would go deeper in the word, that we would go deeper in our prayer life, that we would go deeper in our relationships. And as I began to look back on the year and think of the words that he gave me, I, I began to say, God, why didn't we see this the way that I, the way that you showed me? Why didn't we see this the way that it was supposed to be? Why didn't you, why, why didn't we see it that way? And he gave me clarity. And he gave me understanding. He said to me, the results of seeing those words manifest in this church and the results of seeing those words manifest in people's lives was dependent upon their obedience. Are you willing to go deeper? Because if you're willing to go deeper, that he was able to take you farther and in a greater relationship with you, it was dependent upon our obedience. Some people's faith was challenged a lot this year, last year. So much so that all they had to do was to go deeper. All they had to do was have deeper trust, have deeper faith, have deeper understanding of his word. I can tell you for a fact that some people, a lot of people found God on a whole nother level in the year of 2023. Yeah, those things, those, those things, those deeper things can be difficult. They can be painful. We understand that. Some people, they went deeper into things that were buried, deeper on the things on the inside of them from the past. Some people recognized they must distance themselves. They must go a little bit farther away from the past that was this church. Yes, this church had a history. Yes, this church had some difficult leadership and times and different things. We can all admit that and we can all understand that. But 2023 was a year that we needed to go deeper. But guess what? It was a year of pruning as well. I'm not saying that as a pastor discouraged. I'm not saying that as a pastor trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm saying that to say that God did exactly what he said he was going to do in the year of 2023 although the results of maybe what we expected were a little different. But guess what? God brought new people. He brought new faces. He brought new people who are hungry for the things of God. Which leads us to 2024. Now, because of the last few years of what the world has brought and because of the last few years of what we have walked through as a church, 2024 can feel daunting. It can feel exhausting. It can feel like, okay, it's another year. 
How many's been there so far? What on this day? Uh, what day is it? The twenty-first today. Twenty-one days in. Who's already be like, ah, uh, I don't know. I don't really know. It's supposed to be better. Seems like a lot of the same, if not more. I can tell you that as I pray about these things, as I pray about what God has for our church, I don't take these things very lightly. These things come very weighty to me. I hear God and then I continue to doubt myself and continue to pray them through again and again and again and again. Because I'm like, okay, God, I know the weight that this has. I know the weight that this carries as a leader. Every year I begin to hear the word from God. I'm like, oh, it really, God? Is that what it's supposed to be? Could it be anything else? But I don't take it very lightly at all. And as I was praying back in the late summer, the early fall of last year, God put a word on my heart for 2024. And as a pastor and as a leader, you can hold on to these things and you can hear these things and then you can look at the circumstances that are happening around you and begin to say, are you sure that this is what you want? Are you sure that this is what you have for us? Because look around, look at the circumstances, look at what is going on inside our congregation. And I held on to that word and I continued to pray about it and as I normally do. And as the remainder of 2023 began to unfold and things began to happen, I doubted even more. God, should I really say this? God, is this really for us. Nothing around us looks like this, but then I was reminded that sight is what you see with your eyes open, but vision is what you see with your eyes closed. And so he challenged me. He said, oh, no, no, that's the word. I know things don't look great. I know the circumstances don't look ideal. I know people are suffering. People are challenged. So Today, I want to let you know that the word that we are standing on for 2024, that word is overflow. Everybody say overflow. Overflow. Say it one more time. Overflow. Overflow means to cover with or as with water, to flow over the brim of, to cause overflow, to flow over bounds, to fill a space to capacity and spread beyond its limits. Yeah, you can shout for that. That's okay. We're not a dead church. We don't kick you out if you're too loud. Some churches do that. Now, this concept of overflow is an interesting one because we don't always celebrate overflow in our life. Think about this. Who have kids who have tried to pour milk in their own cereal in the morning? We don't celebrate overflow. London, too much cereal. The milk's never going to fit. Pour in the milk. You better stop soon. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Too much milk. Too little bowl. Next time, use a popcorn bowl, son. We don't often celebrate overflow. It is an interesting word, but it is also an interesting concept. 
Because it is not one that we often celebrate in our lives. Who's ever had a kid that has poured too much orange juice in their cup? We've all cleaned up a lot of milk, a lot of orange juice, and a lot of things because of overflow. Has anybody ever been to the gas station? Definitely not a place that you want to live in overflow. I, I almost took the video, but there was swearing in it, and I didn't put it. There was a video that came up on YouTube of two girls sitting in their car getting gas, and this odd-looking man knocks on their window, and they're like, the girls inside are like, I bet it's not going to go over $50. And it goes over $50, and they're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And this odd man knocks on their window, your gas is spilling. And they open the door, and there's pools of gasoline all around their car. See, we don't often celebrate the overflow. In fact, we like things to stop right at the top. See, this represents our life. This represents our life before Christ. This represents our life before we said yes to Jesus. It's not full, but this is our life. And a lot of times in our life, we try to do things that would fill this empty void. This is our life, and over here, we, you know, we give a little over there, and we give a little over there, and we give a little over here, and, and, and we're to this place in our life, and we're always trying to fill the void. We're always trying to fill the emptiness. But then when we say yes to Jesus, when we invite him into our lives, that fills us up. I hope I have enough water. Someone might have to refill me. Oh, two hands. When we say yes to Jesus, it fills us up. And that's how we like it, right to the top. Somebody, somebody could get me some more water if that would be great because definitely do not have enough. But this is how we like it, our salvation. Okay, God, fill me up. Just to the top. Just perfectly to the top. If you would fill me up. But salvation, salvation is just the first step. It's just the starting line. Some people think that salvation is the ending point. That everything that we do as a church is to get salvation numbers. No, 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 that's just the starting point. That's just the starting line. God is saying, I have unlimited resources. I have abundance. If you would pursue me. If you would press in, if you would make my presence a priority in your life, I have more than just enough. Salvation is just the start. Salvation is just the beginning. Stop settling for a salvation that is just the beginning of an overflow. Saying yes to Jesus is just the start, but he has more for you. His resources are abundant. He has more for you, but you must be willing to press in. You must be willing to pursue. You must be willing to go deeper. You must be willing to lift. You must be willing to get stronger. You must be willing. 
that salvation is just the start. Thank you, sir. Psalm 23. If you've been a Christian for any time, you know this passage, Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here's the part I want you to recognize and understand. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup is filled just to the top. Is that what it says? Does it say my cup is filled just to the top? No. It says you anoint my head with oil and my cup, what? Overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He has anointed and refreshed your head. Your cup overflows. Talks about abundance, not just enough. Your cup overflows. Maybe in 2023, you felt like your cup has been dry. Maybe in 2023, you felt like your cup is just at the place that you like it. It's comfortable enough. You've given him enough. You're comfortable in the time that you've sown, the time that you've served, the money that you've given. You're comfortable with the amount that you're at. But can I tell you that our God is a God of overflow? He is a God of overflow. He overflows with goodness. He overflows with kindness. He overflows with love. He overflows with blessing. And he wants you to experience that. He's not grudging. He's not stingy. He's not minimum. He's not just enough. He is a God who lives in overflow, that he has more than enough, that he has everything that you need and more above and beyond. His cup is always running over. Well, pastor, I just I really don't feel like that. I really don't feel that way. I'm really not comfortable with cleaning up the overflow. Do you know my son? Do you know my daughter? I've cleaned up so much milk. I've cleaned up so much juice. I'm happy with just enough. If your cup is not overflowing, that means you're focusing on your problem rather than who your Savior is, Jesus. Your cup needs to be overflowing. Ephesians 2.4, but because of his great... Uh, love for us, God, who is rich in mercy. Can I tell you that he delights in mercy, that when you make up, mess up, that when you make a mistake, his mercy is there for you. That it's not, well, we're going to take another check off. You got five left. 
No, his mercy is there for you. He is rich in mercy. He is not a God that loves to see you fail. He's a God that loves to see you succeed. He's a God that loves to see you live in victory. He's a God that loves to see you walk through, breakthrough on the other side of your situation. Bring me a woman who is called into adultery. Bring me your addiction. Bring me your shame. Bring me that abortion that happened years ago. Bring me your pain. He can cleanse it all. He can change your circumstances. He is a God whose cup overflows. He'll revive it all. He'll renew it all. And he'll even change it all for you. His cup is overflowing. Say that. His cup is overflowing. Say it again. His cup is overflowing. I believe that what God wants to do for legacy, I believe that what God wants to do for you in this year of 2024 is bring your life into a year of overflow. Although circumstances may say one thing, although diagnoses may say one thing, although things might point in the other direction, I believe that this year of 2024 is a year of overflow in your life. In everything that you do, not just talking about finances, I'm talking about the overflow of the anointing of God in your life. His cup is overflowing. He wants you to enjoy his goodness. He wants you to enjoy his favor. He wants you to enjoy his blessing. He wants you to enjoy his presence. Well, how do I get the overflow? Do I sign up for it? Do I make monthly payments? How do we do this? No. Pursue his presence. Pray every day. Read your word every day. Do you know they did a study that the average Christian in North America reads their Bible 13 minutes a month? 13 minutes a month. For some of you, you've watched more YouTube ads longer than 13 minutes. And yet the average American, North American, excuse me, the average North American only reads their Bible 13 minutes a month. I'm, I'm fine with devotionals. I'm fine with 60-second devotionals. But those are supplements. You need to be in your word. You need to go deeper in the things of God. They said the average North American spends only 21 minutes a month praying. 21. 21. We need to get into our word. We need to pray every day. We need to begin to speak in tongues. Give, serve, show up on Sunday. But most importantly, get in his presence every moment you can. You don't have to get into his presence just on an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. When you get into your car, instead of playing the music you normally play, put worship on. Begin to pray in those moments. Someone in this room came to me a while ago. They said, I struggle reading my Bible. I said, guess what? There's an audio Bible. Put it on when you drive. There are ways that have been given to us in this year that we have access to, but you just have to do them. 
in order to get in the overflow, get into his word, pray every day, speak in tongues, give, serve, show up on Sunday, get in his presence. Can I tell you when you become less, he becomes more. Less of these desires, less of these fleshly things, less. Can I tell you on a 21 day liquid fast, I realize how much this flesh has control. And I haven't had a solid food since two Saturdays ago. Your flesh begins to say, mmm, I'm hungry. Mmm, that McDonald's looks good. Mmm, that mash that the kids are eating, even though you don't like mash, looks great. When this flesh becomes less, he becomes more. And so as we begin to remove the desires, remove the things that maybe steer us and maybe steer our directions and maybe steer certain areas of our life, and we fill it with more of him, it's when you get into the overflow. It's when you get into the overflow. The overflow. Less flesh, more of him. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 2. We've all read this before. None of these passages are new. And I'm going to read a large portion here. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 all the way to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing wind of a violent like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to the to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. I love the context of this because as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, then people began to hear their own language. They begin to hear different languages. This is talking about an overflow. There was an overflow of the Spirit that took place. And so as they begin to speak in other tongues, it says, as the Spirit enabled them, each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language. Corinthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia. I love that they go and list it all because it shows you the context of how many different languages and how many different variations were taking place in that moment. Residents of Mesopotamia, Judea. Kappa Frifro, I don't know what that one is. Pontius and Asia. Keeps going on and on and on. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, 
they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, well, they've had an overflow of wine. They've had too much wine. They must be drunk. How is it that they're able to do what they're doing? Sometimes the world will try to describe things that they don't understand the only way they understand. They're drunk with wine. That's the only thing that makes sense. We've never seen this happen before. We don't know what's going on. They're living in an overflow of wine. Some of us have lived in too many days of overflow of wine. Maybe in this year we can change that, the overflow of the Spirit. What does this mean? Some made fun of them, jumping down to verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. The only place you get drunk at nine in the morning is on the golf course. They're not on the golf course. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 17, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. These are some signs that will happen. Blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great glorious days of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can I tell you that when your life is living in the overflow, when your life is filled and when your life is in a place, when your life is living in the overflow, Come on, it's constantly flowing. Every time you come to church, you flow and overflow. Every time you worship, you overflow, overflow, overflow. But can I tell you, when your life, a life of overflow comes into contact with anything that is around you or anyone that is around you, what happens? It overflows. It overflows. Come to church. Serve. Give. Love, read my word, pray. Anytime your life, a life of overflow, comes into contact with anyone around you, any situation, it overflows. Church in 2024, that's what I believe for this house, that we would be a house that is living in overflow. Can I tell you what happened when I came in contact with someone? Everything around it experience the overflow. The carpet, old, dirty, experience the overflow. Everything experience the overflow. I'm going to tell you this story, Linda, you can come. I'm going to tell you this story. If you know Pastor Dave and Shannon, who pioneered and founded New Song Church, which is now Legacy Kitchener, they really felt like this past year, and some of you may or may not know this, I'm not saying this. 
for any other reason than the point of this story. They felt like because of us stepping into their church in Kitchener and what that would look like and what that entailed, they felt like blessing us with a trip to Mexico this past year. And so they took us to Mexico, and the first night we get to Mexico, we sit down. It's a huge uh, resort, and we sit down at this table, and these people are looking at us from the other table, and they keep looking at us. They keep glancing. They keep looking at us. They're watching us. We've only been seated for like three, four minutes. And they keep looking over, and it's starting to get awkward. It's starting to get uncomfortable. Like, I'm here because no one knows I'm here. I don't want anybody to know I'm here. But these people are looking at us with their beautiful family, young family. And they're looking at us and they're looking at us and they're wrapping up their bill at their table and we haven't ordered yet. And the husband gets up from his table as they pay the bill and he comes over to us and he goes, there's just something different about this table. He said, there's something different when you walked in, we're in the middle of Mexico, outside, we're not indoors. They go, the atmosphere shifted when you sat down. The atmosphere changed when you walked to this table. They said, I don't know who you are. They said, but I just felt the presence of God. Talking about four pastors sitting down at a table in the middle of Mexico, hoping nobody knows that we're there. We sit down and get dirty looks. And he says, I just felt the presence of God when you sat down. And something changed and something shifted. He said, my wife and I are missionaries. Traveled all this way to try to escape some life for a few days. And we're sitting next to a table of missionaries. And they said, I experienced the presence of God just because you sat down. I'm not saying that for any other point to say, that is what a life of overflow is looking like. When you walk into your workplace, when you walk into your hectic family reunion, when you walk into your situation, when you walk into a business, when you walk into school, when you walk into your circumstance, do it from a place of overflow so that the atmosphere shifts. So that people experience and understand that there is a God who loves you and cares for you. And that there's hope in a hopeless world. Let the atmosphere of your life, let the overflow of your life shift every place that you come in contact with. So just like this picture, just like this, that when you walk into a place, it's in a place of overflow. That when you walk into a restaurant or a business, it's coming from a place of overflow. That when you walk into your family situation, that your life overflows with love, that it overflows with joy, that it overflows with peace, that it overflows with his goodness. When people come into your life and around you, they should see you are full of love. Regardless of the situations, you still trust in him. Regardless of how difficult, there is still peace in your life. That you live in a place of joy when people think you should be mourning. 
that the Spirit of God comes from a place of overflow. My wife and I, we have this joke that every time we walk into a business that is dead, within 10 minutes it is busy. My wife's like, wow, we made it at the right time. I'm like, no, no, that came because we're here. I'm just going to start putting it out on the internet that you can pay me to come to your dead business. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. But can I tell you, that's what I expect. That it's going to get, that the dead business, that the thing that's been dormant for three, three hours that when a child of God walks in the door, when you walk in the door, when you walk in the door, that it will get busy because it's attracted to the overflow. Now, it's a joke because it happens so often. I'm not special. When we live in a life of overflow, things will begin to attract to you. People will begin to attract to you. When we live from a place of overflow. I know it's hard and it's difficult to hear a word overflow when it looks like a church seemingly is going backwards. It's not going backwards. God's setting it up for the harvest that's about to come. Sure, we, we might have lost a building. Whoop-dee. How many more buildings, how many more communities, how many more people will we affect with the gospel for the kingdom of God, for their lives to be radically transformed and changed? 2024 is a year of overflow. It is a year of overflow. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. 2024, you will walk in the overflow. You will walk in the overflow. I believe that. I believe that. That your life would be scattered just like this with the overflow of his presence, with the overflow of his love, with the overflow. This table's about to overflow. But our life would be continually overflowing. That every place we go, there would be remnants. There would be remnants. Oh, something's different here. Oh, never felt that before. Oh, never experienced that before. That you would leave overflow everywhere you go. Amen, church. Can I pray with you today? God, I thank you. I thank you. That Legacy Church is a church that will live in the overflow in 2024. That we aren't comfortable with just enough to the top but that the norm would be the overflow. 
in every aspect of our lives, that you would bring overflow of joy, that you would bring overflow of peace, that you would bring overflow of life, that you would bring overflow of your goodness. God, that you would even bring overflow to our finances, where month by month we've just had enough to make it, but that we'd make it to February with even $2 more in our bank account. I don't care. But that you would begin to bring overflow into every area of our lives, in our finances, in our marriage, in our families, that you would bring overflow to everything that we put our hands to. God, that you would do something so great that you would bring overflow to this church that you would bring overflow of lives, that you would bring overflow of your blessing. But most importantly, that you would bring an overflow, an anointing of your presence. God, that's what we pursue the most this year. Just like in the book of Acts, chapter two, that there was an overflow of your spirit. And because of that overflow, People from all walks of life, people from all places around the world got to experience and know your goodness. God, that's what we are asking for. More than anything else is that Legacy Church in 2024 would be a place of overflow of your anointing. Greater anointing. That because of the overflow that we walk in, that miracles would just happen. That blessing would just happen. That chains would just be broken. Not even through prayer, just by walking into the building. So God, I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you that 2024, yeah, it could be difficult. It could be challenging. But that we are living in the overflow. I thank you for everything that you are doing. Maybe this is your first time here today. Maybe you've come today because someone bribed you with a cheeseburger. I don't know. Maybe you've come today because a family member or a mother, aunt, uncle bribed you to come and said, I'll feed you if you come. I don't know why you're here today. God knows you're here. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you felt like, maybe you saw this jar, this vast you said, my life has felt like that. My life has felt empty. I've tried to fill the void. I've tried to fill the emptiness with different things in my life. And although they may bring temporary reprieve, although they may bring temporary pleasure, those things have not filled me the way that I've, I want to be filled. And can I tell you that the only thing that'll fill your life, like we talked about and showed in this picture here, is Jesus. Inviting him into your heart. Inviting him in, the starting line, to transform you, to get into his word, to transform you, to renew you, to change you, to excavate the deep, dark places of your heart. Bible tells us that tomorrow is not guaranteed. This may be the only opportunity that you get. 
to say yes to him. If that's you today, can I tell you there's a church of people here that have said yes to Jesus, that they've seen their life radically transformed, that they've seen their life radically changed, and that it was the greatest decision that they ever made. And yes, they're walking alongside one another, helping each other every step of the way. Come on, that's what it means to say yes to Jesus, to invite him into your life, to make him the central part of your life. Maybe that's you today and you feel that tugging, you feel something on the inside of you that you've never felt before. In fact, if you even tried to describe it or if you even tried to break it down to something, you couldn't do it. But there's that tugging on the inside of you that you feel like you, you want to say yes to Jesus today, to invite him into your life, to transform your life. If that's you, I'm just going to give you a few short moments just to raise your hands. Everybody's eyes are closed in this moment. If that's you today and you would like to say yes to Jesus, you would like to invite him into your life. Just raise your hands, just real quickly. We're gonna pray in just a moment. Yes, I see you, man. Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Put your hands down. If that's you today, maybe you're in here today and you say, well, I've had a relationship with Jesus, but I've grown far from him. And today I want to recommit my life to him. If that's you today in this moment, don't let this moment pass you by. That when you say yes to Jesus, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life for all of eternity. That heaven rejoices and heaven celebrates. If that's you in this moment, you want to recommit your life to God today and make him a part of your life. Just raise your hand real quickly. Yes, I see that. Yes, I see that. You can put your hand down. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, let's pray this prayer together. We're going to pray this out loud. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to save me. Today I give you my life. Thank you for living for me. Thank you for renewing me. And thank you for transforming me. Today, I confess of my sins. Change me. Transform me. Redeem me. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.